Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is, uh, let's see, uh, we've got uh, uh, Megan in from Black Rifle in Boonville. Second exit always. 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 No matter what direction you're Correct. going. All exits in the middle lead <laughs> to Black Rifle. Uh, Scott Van Kirk in the studio, my uh, regular guest host, and uh, he was out and about. He He's actually out shopping for razor blades if you're looking on camera. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And he stopped in on his way to the drugstore to buy those. Good morning. Good morning, Gary. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, well, look at the cameras, too. You see how Gary is uh, dressed this morning. What's the first thing I said to you when I saw you? I said, how do you have court on Saturday? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they let me off the hook. Uh, they they want to, you know, put me in front of the judge when there's not a big audience. Um, the, um, the fact is, uh, I'm actually going to go to St. Louis uh, right after the show. I'm going to be uh, speaking at the Libertarian uh, Convention. And uh, so that's why I'm uncharacteristically quaffed, <laughs> et cetera. Very fancy. Yes. That may be the fanciest I've ever seen him. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. I got some good news. Um, I... Uh, Ron Calzone sent me an email. He said, this week brought great news for the Missouri Second Amendment Preservation Act. That's uh, House Bill 1637. On multiple fronts, um, House Representative uh, Jared Taylor set what is probably a record for the number of co-sponsors on a bill. It reached 82 co-sponsors on Thursday. It takes 82 votes on the House floor to pass. So the... um, The massive interest uh, in the Second Amendment Preservation Act should propel it, he says, to high-priority status. And uh, that, I think, is good news. Um, In fact, uh, uh, Speaker of the House, Elijah Har, finally assigned 1637 to the General Laws Committee. Chairman uh, uh, Dean, I guess, uh, Plocher, I think it is, or Plocher, has agreed to uh, a hearing probably a week from this Monday. So there is some uh, some good news out there. The Second Amendment Preservation Act should have been passed the last time around, uh, but I think one senator somehow messed it up. Otherwise, it would have happened. Uh, is there anything in that bill that scares you? Your former law enforcement, uh, you know, when you look at... Um, no, I, there isn't really anything. It's It's... There's sort of a nationwide push within some of the more pro-Second Amendment states in the country uh, to to pass legislation similar to Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act. Um, no, not really. It is it, it. I guess it's a difficult one to say. Um, on one hand, I'll be honest with you, it, it it's very symbolic. In in a lot of things, it may set up a fight, a judicial fight. Uh, depending on depending on uh, how it plays out, if it is passed between the state and the feds, you know, it, it's almost more of a Tenth Amendment Preservation Act than it is a Second Amendment Preservation Act. I mean, basically, they're coming down and, as I understand it, and saying we refuse to enforce these federal level laws, and if that sets up a court fight, that court fight is really more about the Tenth Amendment state rights than it is about the Second Amendment. Yeah, I don't think it goes that far, because I don't think that the federal government can compel a state government to enforce federal law. I'm not saying, well, there's a a lot of things that technically the federal government can't do. And they still do. But they still do it. (laughs) Yeah, but I I think this is a line too far. I don't think they can 
they can interfere with this. That they may, you know. But no, no. What, what, you go ahead. Look Mike. at other states that have already passed bills like this, like Kansas, because um, that included, you know, if you manufacture an NFA item within the state, you don't have to follow that federal restriction on having to pay tax stamp and all that. And that's already put two guys in prison. Yeah, but that's that's dealing with the federal government directly. Uh, with the Second Amendment Preservation Act, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, essentially what it says is the feds catch you, you're in trouble, but they're not going to get any help from the state. And I think that's just a, a little bit different than what you're talking about in Kansas. Uh, they, you know, I don't know if they had that restriction in their law that state uh, 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 or local law enforcement uh, couldn't get involved. Uh, but if they did not have that in there, then you know any any law enforcement officer in the street could mm-hmm. arrest you for having uh, a suppressor. And I'll take a look at it during the break. But it was my understanding that Missouri's um, Second Amendment Preservation Act was was going to follow both of those both of those courses? But I could be wrong. On the side of the that state's not going to assist federal. Um, then the the can of worms that you open is, and I'm not current on. Um, all the grants involved and what money is being funneled from the front, your tax dollars that are funneled to the federal government and then funneled back to the state um, in support of law enforcement, um, you potentially set up a situation where now the federal government will withhold law enforcement funds. I think now, they, they tried that in California uh, with the uh, sanctuary cities. Thing. Right. They went to the courts, and so far the courts have ruled against the administration yeah, but you're also talking about California, and you're talking about the Ninth Circuit. <laughs> yeah, admittedly, the Ninth Circuit does lean pretty hard. To well, the and, I, and, I, and I'm reasonably sure that the Ninth Circuit is, is if you had to characterize a, uh, an appellate-level court in the federal system as being pro-open borders, it would be <laughs> the Ninth Circuit. It's further to the left than a lot of the uh, other uh, uh, circuits, but it's, um, it, it, it's as far as I know... Um, the federal government, uh, once contractually obligated, can't just yank the rug out. Well, and and so. the the other issue is currently, um, because you know the 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 wind changes directions. Uh, currently, I don't see a, a federal the federal the current federal administration being all that interested in going toe to toe with a sanctuary or a second amendment sanctuary state or well, you know like that. True. You say that, but I would argue that uh, President Trump. For you know, for the good things that he's done, one of the worst presidents uh, when it comes to the Second Amendment. I oh, mean, and he's done more harm than than Obama did. Well, yeah, he was he, he's been more successful than Obama was. Yes, at at, at, at negatively affecting the Second Amendment. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I'm not really entirely sure where he stands. There's good news out of Virginia. We'll talk about that next. We'll talk about television programs and law enforcement. John Lott has uh, some pieces up at his website. And since we have a guy who's former law enforcement, we'll get his keen insight. Perfect. And some terrific firearms from Black Rifles. Some drool-worthy firearms. I'm Gary on Guns, 93.9 The Eagle. 20 minutes after the hour, and Megan is in from Black Rifle, uh, Brought in uh, a beautiful rifle. Uh, I, I can't wait to get into that. We'll do that in the next hour. You bought it. You brought in a handgun, a pistol too. What did you bring in? What was the? What's the pistol? Well, the one that I brought in to show Scott was one that I brought the last show that I was on the Glock forty four. Oh, he just oh. hasn't seen it. So yet. he just hasn't seen. Mm-hmm. It. So you're actually here selling him <laughs> on a fire. You're trying to get him kind to of. buy it. 
yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> Never miss an opportunity. <laughs> Even if you're on the radio, if you can make a sale, boy, do it. Uh, anyway, uh, Virginia apparently has rejected some uh, anti-gun laws. Uh, in fact, I think it was uh, on uh, uh, AR-15s um, and... Yeah, it was their right. version of an assault weapons ban. Yeah, uh, that got rejected. Uh, Bloomberg, now. Bloomberg spent a lot of money to lose that battle. Um, didn't they? Uh, didn't they sort of refer it to committee so it could die? Or they something? have tabled it. Yeah, for it's, a yeah. Um, they will not revisit it for another year. Yeah, so but it's it was, not completely gone. It wasn't one of those situations where it, it came up in in front of them and they voted it down, and everybody goes, "Yay!" It was just sort of a, "Oh well, maybe this is just a." Just a bridge too far right now. Yep. Right, I think is 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 where they were headed. Did you? Did anyone see the story? And somebody um, had linked it on Facebook, and it was a it's a state senator's page from uh, um, from Virginia, a state a Republican state senator in Virginia, and I'd have to look up his name. But apparently, the state of Virginia voted down a pay increase for the state's sheriffs and deputy sheriffs in retribution for so many of them coming out and saying that they weren't going to enforce all of the gun laws that Virginia was trying to pass. I'm not surprised. Yeah, which I thought was kind of a kind of an intro. It was like a 3% raise or something like that. Now they're getting zero and the uh the the articulated reason um by the democrat side there was that that they weren't they were it, it was it was it was retribution for so many of the of the i think that was probably the majority of the sheriffs mm-hmm. in the in the state of virginia coming out and saying listen we swore an oath to the constitution and we're here to protect the people so we're not going to enforce your drac- draconian gun laws do you think that that massive turnout in support of the second amendment uh and against all these proposed regulations and laws uh, had any impact on the uh, legislators, or do you think they just didn't care? Did, I mean, did they look outside their windows? The House that flat massive? out said that they didn't care, um, mm-hmm. that that rally was not going to influence what they were doing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as senators, maybe, just because they tabled it, Of maybe it's just that was enough to kind of push them closer to the edge of we shouldn't do this now. My theory would be politicians being politicians. Yeah. Um, on the Senate side, I would guess that there's probably a handful of senators in Virginia that would be in, you know, what's the current term, in purple districts or purple areas mm-hmm. of their state and maybe looking at reelection coming up. Would this? And then, and said, well, let's. You know, table this until mm-hmm. after the elections. If I hold on to my seat, then yeah, bring it on back because people aren't gonna, you know, which is very typical, you know, politically, very typical politically. Would this motivate you if you were not a voter and it happened, for instance, in Missouri? Would this motivate you, do you think, to go out and register and vote specifically to get rid of the people who are passing these laws? Well, that's a tough one to say because I mean, I've been registered as a voter you know since age 18 um and have voted in every election that i've been able to so it's tough for me to put myself in the shoes of someone who has doesn't mm-hmm. yeah you know i mean granted it it feels a lot a lot of the time especially as i get older and more you know curmudgeonly uh that you're you know beating your head against the wall but i always go out and vote mm-hmm. um even 
See, I, I think a lot of Second Amendment supporters um, and a lot of Republicans uh, from the pre, uh, from the midterm election uh, probably didn't vote. Oh. And that's what mm-hmm. gave the Democrats their victory. But I think a lot of them are going to come out to vote. I think this is a short-lived uh, blue state for the Democrats. I think this is going to turn around in the, in the coming election. I I would hope so. I mean, Vir- Virginia's in a weird location in, in the um, in the country because let's face it, um, you know, their population centers for the most part tend to be what suburban Washington D.C. Um, and if you you know, the people who work and live in Washington, D.C. tend to lean towards one political party. Um, and then when they become suburban, you know, tend to be, they work in the bureaucracies connected with government and everything else like that. And you know what's, what, where they tend to lean. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting you to know, see. The hubris of them to actually craft a law so that they can go after the NRA's headquarters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that takes a, a great deal of hubris. That's a testicular fortitude, and I, I, it would incense me if I were there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, just you know, shut them down, mm-hmm. make them move their building. But that fire has to stay around long enough, closer to the election. Yeah, I think the NRA has the resources to keep that fire burning, mm-hmm. and I think they will. Uh, 874-9390, the toll-free number is 800-529-5572. If you've got questions, we've got answers. Um, television programs are often misleading. It terrifies me that, that they take so little care in uh, their portrayal of firearms and, and law enforcement. Uh, I'm just guessing, I don't know, most of the cops that I know when I grew up in Cleveland... Uh, and, and many of the law enforcement officers I've met since I've been here, and, and I even worked with uh, Rod Carr up in New York, uh, never fired their gun at anybody. And I'm guessing you probably no. didn't either. I have never fired a shot in anger. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> well, I wouldn't expect you to. Maybe in self-defense, though. But, uh, but, of course, if you watch the TV shows for the purpose of drama they shoot every week somebody is you know sometimes multiple you'll yes oftentimes in a one-hour program which is what with commercials now is about 42 minutes long an hour whatever it is uh they will be involved in three or four armed confrontations where rounds will fly um and yeah that's that's the way it's portrayed on tv so there are multiple problems that I have with this. John Lott uh, has looked at this, too, and he's got a couple of uh, pieces up at his website. We'll kind of go through them. Uh, television shows misrepresenting facts um, and and things about uh, uh, firearms. Uh, it, some of the things are just really uh, dangerous portrayals. For instance, and I've talked about this on the air, when they show somebody hiding behind a car door and... You know, the bullets are ricocheting off the car door. If the bad guy is shooting with at you with anything but a paint gun, if you're hiding behind your car door, you're going to die or at least be badly wounded. Uh, but those are the kinds of minor things that I find irritating. But I thought from a law uh, enforcement perspective, some of the things, uh, perhaps, Scott, that you've seen, uh, we'll talk about some of the stuff that, uh, that John Lott has seen, um, and it seems to be getting more egregious. Uh, they did uh, one uh, TV show where they showed the bad guy with a fully automatic weapon. 
they don't they don't even look for that in their statistics anymore at the at the federal government because it it just doesn't happen. No, it, it, it's a it's a rarity, but that's gone on for a very long time because the the you know full auto looks cool on screen. Yeah. Um, it's cool to do too. It's fun. It can be. It can be a yeah. lot of fun. It is, um, and we don't have enough time before the break for me to jump up on my soapbox as it relates to this. Um, there are movies, both military and law enforcement, particularly law enforcement movies, that I am. Uh, my wife and I will watch, my lovely bride and I will watch, um, where I am restricted from from commentary on, on technical issues. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why we let you come here, so you can talk. That's right, I'm not allowed to. Uh, the most I can do often, yeah, the most I can do is, uh, is, is say, yeah, that's not how that works. That's all I get to say. Yeah. I don't get to explain how it actually works. I don't get to <laughs> get too upset about how it works and everything like that. It's funny that you should, uh, you should bring that up because my... Um, uh, Cheryl and I spend a lot of time at home now, and um, we've recently started to rewatch all of the original episodes of Law and Order, which started oh. in 1990. Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah. I, it's a fun show, but I have come to the realization that you know, 30 years ago, the agenda, the anti-gun agenda that was being pushed even back then, was pretty blatant, and the technical inaccuracy as it relates to firearms and everything else like that. And um, it is, it's every, it's nearly every show. If the show involves a gun at all, you're going to get some kind of anti-gun thing. And we're talking, that show started in like 1990. So you're going to get some kind of anti-gun thing rolling. And generally when it comes time for them to look at ballistics from the CSI standpoint or it's um, any number of other things related to firearms, it's going to be wrong. It's really? Every, it's wrong every time. And that's 30 years ago. See, now, I can remember watching a couple of TV shows where they, they had some, a, a radio host. Somebody was on radio. And you'd see them in there without headphones on or something. And it was like, well, that's not the way that works. <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like for you. All right, we'll come back. We're going to go to phone calls. We'll give some examples of some TV shows where they made this uh, huge mistakes all on gary on guns 93.9 eagle glad to have you with us glad to be with you cheryl uh, cheryl cheryl's husband cheryl's husband is here thank you you saved me there you go you just introduced me as cheryl's husband yes (laughs) well she's the better half uh yeah way better yeah so (laughs) scott van kirk is in studio former law enforcement uh great uh firearms uh trainer uh, and uh, also with us, Megan from Black Rifle, who brought in three terrific uh, firearms. We'll go over those. Well, we're going to have to go over the third one again. Okay. Yeah, and he'll That's disassemble fine. it on camera. That's fine. <laughs> right in front of everybody. That's what he does. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, television programs and just how uh, horribly they often portray law enforcement and guns. Uh, and we'll get, we'll get into some specific examples, but we've got a couple of phone calls we ought to get to here. Gary has a question. Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you? Oh, just fine. Hey, can I ask you a, a question that's not about television shows? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Okay. I have uh, a Marlin twenty two long rifle, and the thing is a tack driver at 50 yards. I mean, probably somebody who knew how to shoot better than me could even get it down smaller. But I, several times I've read online, and not that I believe everything, but several times I've read online that using copper-coated bullets through micro-grooved twenty-two rifles, that 
it, it it's not good for the barrel. Has anybody else ever heard that? I can't find it documented any place, but I've just seen it on you know, on forums at different places. Somebody will drop that in. I haven't I had any experience with that. Oddly enough, when he said Marlin 22, my, my mind immediately drove, jumped to microgroove. Um. <laughs> yeah, it is a microgroove. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, not microgroove, uh, but <laughs> microgroove. Um, the, um, my, uh, oh, oh, first off, the 22 shells that you're using aren't copper jacketed they're copper washed generally yeah, when you talk about right. 22 it's just lead that's been washed with co- with a been washed with copper it puts a, a real thin coating of copper sort of on it it's tough like a dusting of it um i've never heard of it I've never run into it. I mean, I've shot Marlin 22. My first 22 was a Marlin 22. It's still sitting in my gun safe. Um, I've never run into it. If it's if you are concerned about it, um, then I would say periodically, and I mean thousand rounds, every thousand rounds or something like that. I would get a good copper cleaner um, designed for firearms. Okay, um, that's designed to take copper buildup out of barrels and stuff like that, and then just give it a good cleaning. It's not anything that I've ever heard of. I mean, there's issues with shooting lead bullets out of Glocks, which is a real thing, but um, I've never heard of any problems with copper washed 22 shells going through those Marlin micro grooves. Yeah, that, um, well, the interesting thing is, is, well, first of all, mine's an old Glenfield. 75 i mean that goes back to 82 and the barrel i mean it's just looking like a mirror but the interesting thing is that the book on that says not to clean the barrel hmm. wow oh wow i don't know that i've ever heard of that that's an interesting Hold one on, if you give me just a second here and no, I no, no 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 we believe you we believe you we believe you anyway it, it it does uh it does say that huh. it, it, every two or three hundred it says every 300 rounds or so you need to clean the action Hmm. You know the, all hmm. the firing mechanisms. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, as far as the barrel goes, it says uh, because the new 22 ammo is so clean, and the barrels uh, do not need to be cleaned. All right, yeah, they may not that? need to, but uh, uh, can I make a, re- a recommendation? Uh, go ahead and oh, clean, clean it. it. <laughs> well, here, here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna give you, bud. Um, you're not hurting anything by cleaning it. That's um, that almost sounds like a marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, similar, you know, what that harkens back to is when the M16s were first issued to the U.S. military. There was no cleaning yeah. kits issued with them because they said you didn't need to clean those either. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, so, so it's, it doesn't hurt anything if you're concerned about the copper thing. I would say go ahead and get some sort of a, a solvent that's specifically designed to remove copper buildup and go ahead and clean it. Um, yeah. you, I can't imagine that you're hurting anything by cleaning it. But I'm going to do a little research, probably re- revisit this on a future show. Because um, now, because that little blurb in the manual has just kind of got me headed towards a rabbit hole wide, they would say that. But we'll get, I, I, I guess, um, we'll I get some more information. just there. We'll get you some more information on that. Just keep listening and we'll, um, I'll come back on in a few weeks and we'll talk about it. All right. I do appreciate it, guys. I just wondered if anybody else had ever heard it. Yeah, uh, I had not. Yeah, none of us have. Online. All right. Interesting. All right. Thanks, Thank Gary. You. Have Glad to day. have you too. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390, the toll-free number, 800-529-5572. Uh, as we were going into the news break, I thought you, uh, Scott, had uh, suggested that there were some things that you had seen in TV programs that uh, that involved law enforcement that you found disturbing. 
That wasn't so much disturbing. Well, it's just incorrect. A, incorrect. There's a lot of lot, of, and it's it's unusual. Because it's not unusual. Uh, it would be very easy to correct. I mean, there's plenty of people who would be considered. Um, subject matter experts in regards to how these things are done um, to make it more realistic. I have to believe that, one, the general public doesn't much care about realism um, as they watch these shows and certainly don't know the difference. Um, you know, you brought up John's article about the the use of fully automatic weapons. In, in the criminals always have full autos. Um, I remember... Uh, years and years and years and years and years ago. This is maybe before Meg was born. <laughs> when I went from uniform patrol into narcotics, and they sent me to a a, a training course uh, that was sponsored by Reed and Associates. And if you know the Reed method of interrogation and all that other business, but um, and it was with a guy who was an undercover um, out of the Chicago area. And did a great job teaching us about how how undercover works and things like that. And he was um, he was you know one of the first things that he talked about is whatever you're going to carry if you're going to carry a gun as part of your undercover persona, which you know as opposed to carrying a gun concealed while you're working undercover, he says make sure that it is as shiny as possible, and make sure it's not high end and in great shape, and get yourself some uh, some black electrical tape to put around the grip like you're trying to keep the grip on or something like that because he says that's what street level hoods are carrying <laughs> and you don't want to have a nice gun because yeah. they'll immediately go oh this guy must be a cop you know so i mean there's there's reality and then there's there's television and there's movies and things like that we watch tv and we watch movies to be entertained but some stuff is so egregious well i think what bothers me the most uh and and i talked about the the thing about behind the uh, the car door but that doesn't bother me as much as when they try to send a message, a subliminal oh. message mm-hmm. in the show that is inaccurate, uh, unlikely, uh, and 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 I think to myself, well, well that would never, never come down like that, oh. uh, and it makes me nuts. Oh, absolutely, and you'll get the, um, you'll get the subtle. But in more recent times, it's not even subtle. Yep, it's not even subtle. They'll they'll, they'll launch into a um, they'll launch into sort of this this speech that is anti-gun. Um, as you know, you're you're watching the show and this is going on and some of that. And now we take a 45 second break while one of the main characters just sort of mm-hmm. goes off on this diatribe about how guns are bad and this and that and everything like that. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Well, first off you're factually wrong okay you have your opinions whatever but you're factually wrong and then second off what does that have to do with the show okay law, law and order svu has gotten that way they're oh, God, very what? very political and pushing agendas on almost every oh. episode oh it's yeah and and svu is still on strangely uh-huh. enough and it um is one of those spin-off franchises and stuff like that but um the I mean, let's face it. You know, no Law and Order franchise is as good, okay, as as Law and Order the original. Any episode that that um, features Jerry Orbach. True. Yeah. True. I mean, that's all there is to it. <laughs> not, not Maria Harskate or Haskate. No, no, Jerry Orbach. Jerry Orbach. Jerry Orbach. So much so so much so Jerry's so famous. That friends of mine, when we go to Starbucks in Las Vegas, people say you look a lot like that guy from Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, he's dead now, isn't he? He is. He you is. do look not a lot. my fr- not my friend. 
Now, my friend, my friend is sitting across the table from me who gets mistaken for Jerry Orbach. But Jerry Orbach is, in fact, dead. <laughs> I think it's you. I think it's you. All right. Uh, Chicago PD makes a civilian with a gun look like a danger to himself and police. Details coming up. Gary on Guns, 93.9 The Eagle. 50 minutes after the hour, it is Gary on Guns. Megan is in from Black Rifle in Boonville. Uh, second exit, uh, whichever way you want to put it, middle exit, no matter which direction you're heading. Well, uh, I'm, I'm reasonably sure that all exits in Boonville lead to Black Rifle. Well, I, yeah. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure one way or another you can make that happen. I, I can get but you there. But the fastest route is the uh, second exit. Uh, and you brought in uh, a, a couple of firearms here that uh, I am sure Scott Van Kirk will have disassembled. Uh, and uh, we'll do that on camera. That'll happen up in... One, uh, one of them is just going to end up in my truck, and we both know which one that <laughs> yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's making sales here. I'm, you know, next time, bring the register, you know. You, you know, that, that little uh, thing that you put on oh, your yeah. iPhone. And, I've got that. Yeah. Oh, I, have no, square. I have no doubt in my mind that I could pull out my debit card right now and hand it to Megan, and we could complete the purchase to include the 4473 as we sat here on the radio. Yeah, because yeah. I know her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where there's a will, Absolutely. there's a way. You betcha. Uh, all right, so we're talking about uh, television programs. We've got other things to talk about too. Joe Biden. Uh, oh, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a, the, a red flag law that uh, relieved a, a vet of his firearms. Uh, we've got a lot of other stuff that we're going to get to, and we're going to. But uh, we're talking right now about uh, television programs. There was an episode of Chicago PD. And it's a show that I enjoy watching, mm-hmm. I might point out. And I and this remember when I was talking earlier this morning about, you know, I watched this thing and go, that wouldn't unfold like that. This mm-hmm. this is the this is the uh, a perfect example. Uh they've got a man carrying a concealed handgun, which he uses to stop his car from being carjacked. His child and wife were in the car when the attempted carjacking occurred. But despite the man's wife clearly warning her husband that a police officer had arrived on the scene, the civilian points his gun at the officer. Pointing the gun at the officer risks the husband being shot, and it also puts the officer in danger. The civilian also delays the officer long enough that the carjacker is able to escape. Uh, So uh, John Lott goes on to say, uh, but one can go through all the defensive gun uses that we have collected with people who are legally carrying guns, and we can't find a single example, not one, where it was reported that a concealed handgun permit holder was pointing his gun at a police officer. We've also collected uh, other cases where people legally carrying guns have stopped what otherwise would have been mass public shootings, and in not one single case has something like what is claimed in this TV show happened. You know... You know, I, I took Tim Oliver's Learn to Carry class, uh, and, and his, his website is learntocarry.com. And uh, he went through a lot of scenarios, gave us lots of information, uh, stuff I thought I knew that I didn't. Uh, it was a great class for me. Uh, and, and, you know, he talks about what to do in a situation where law enforcement are coming in or... Uh, and, and, and I've I've never heard of such. And it, and it, it doesn't make sense, but they want to make it sound like this is something that happens. Oh, mm-hmm. it, it's not so much. It's not even that they want to make it sound like this is something that happens. Uh, some of the most egregious stuff is that they want to make it sound like it happens all, all the time. The time. <laughs> um, 
from uh, bad. Let's see what uh, what's some of the examples, and I'm trying to think of specific. I can't think of specific episodes or even specific shows from the fact that. Uh, Individuals involved in lawful uses of ballistic self-defense, hitting innocent bystanders. Um, the uh, the the thing with the, you know the, the being being shot by the police because of a of a poor resp- you know response and stuff like that. It doesn't give um, nearly the credit to the individuals who lawfully or in some of those television shows unlawfully carry a firearm for self-defense. Um, well, let's face it, you can't get a concealed carry permit in New York City. I mean, you can if you're Michael Bloomberg, who I'm pretty sure has one. You could get one if you're Donald Trump, who I know has one, um, and things like that. So if you're carrying a firearm in, in New York City for self-defense, it's illegal. Okay, it's it's not legal. You know? Right. Um, but then, and then they end up getting shot by the police. Okay, you're not giving enough... You're not giving enough credit to law enforcement in general, and you're not giving enough credit to those individuals who carry a firearm for the purposes of defending their their loved ones and themselves. You know, it's interesting you're talking about uh, law enforcement in New York, and we're going to because Bloomberg uh, made some uh, pretty outrageous statements. Uh, about no. minorities, so we're going to get to that in a minute. No, no, no. He, it's Mike, Michael Bloomberg Shut never makes any no, no, statements. no. He's always right. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I was reminded of a an incident a couple of years ago. There, there he is with that coronavirus yep. thing, coughing and spreading his germs. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you didn't. You 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 cough into your elbow, which is what you're supposed to do. I always do what I'm supposed to do. Ask my lovely wife. You weren't supposed to shave this morning. No, no, I haven't meant meant to shave for a week or so. Really? That's that's all you got after a week. That's all you got. That's all I got. I'm getting old. Uh, all right. So uh, now I lost. Oh yeah. Uh, when you're talking about uh, shootings and, and giving police credit, I remember a, a case where uh, uh, some guy went in to murder his boss in New York City, and then came out, and it was not too far from the Empire State Building, and several police officers were there and shot. Oh, yeah, I remember. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. I and do. Uh, it was terrible. I mean, these guys. They were, they, they were, were all over the. Place. They were all yeah. over yep. the. Yep. Civilians were getting hit. Um, how do you uh, prepare yourself? Because you really have to be in command of your faculties when the adrenaline is flowing, and and uh, bullets are flying, and you've got to remember to uh, keep on target, be aware of what's beyond. Uh, you've got to, and you shouldn't just stand in one place and shoot because that makes you an easy hit. Uh, how do you remember all that with all that adrenaline flowing? Well, it's not it's not a case of quote unquote remembering it. Um, I and I could pull up some of the studies that talk about the important thing is quality training, relatively simplistic quality training, meaning that the the Rolodex, the file folders of everything that I know how to do, I can't. I don't have time to stand there and flip through every one and go, oh, that's the one I want. Um, so I have to. It has to stay. It has to stay fairly narrow, um, in, in specific responses. In general responses, you're you need to train to a level where um, you you know I'm, I'm faced with choices A, B, and C. Well, B. I enter, I immediately recognize that B is what I want. Um, and a lot of it is you hear you hear the term stress inoculation. You hear a, a lot of the different terms that relate to it and stuff like that. And you can put fancy terms on it, or you cannot put fancy terms on it. Experience in the arena of stress, 
is what I always call it. You have to have been there in a, in certain situations to understand how you react. Okay, um, and then there's a there's a there's also a, a component of it that has to do with recency, and we can uh, we can talk more about that after the hour, after the top, top of the hour. You're just like a host, he knew yeah. just when to dump. Perfect. All right, we will talk about that <laughs> and Bloomberg. I'm Gary Guns and some firearms from Black Rifle in Boonville. Next. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Go ahead, my, uh, uh, Scott. Say something. Uh, test yeah, one. perfect. Okay, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure I didn't. want to make sure I didn't accidentally turn his microphone on. I've, I've, well, this is at least four times now I've been almost asked to leave the show. <laughs> what do you mean to, almost? Today. Oh. Well, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about stress inoculation. Uh, and, you know, when, when we were talking about this incident a few years ago where uh, law enforcement in New York uh, went after a guy with a gun and, geez, bullets were flying all over the place. And I was asking you, how do you, how do you keep all that in, uh, you know, the target and what's beyond and keep moving, not to be in the same place, to be an easy target yourself and, uh, you know, doing everything that you have to do to subdue the bad guy and, and come out of it on the other side uh, healthy and in, without le- any leaks and you went through some of those things that that, that had to do with your training and, and how, uh, you know, you don't have time to think, uh, you know, go through all of the scenarios. Right. You just have to, you know, recognize the scenario from practice, study, learning, experience. Well, and there's there's a there's a mental aspect to it there's a physical aspect to it and then there is you know sort of a, a difficult to define area that falls between the two of them okay and um you have to have been in those situations before Okay, which is weird because you can't say, well, how, how do you get into those situations before? And and one the the best way to get into those situations before is is not live, and that's in scenario, realistic scenario, safely safely run scenario based training. When I was in law enforcement, it was Simunitions, which is a company that's still in business. Um, and I was a Simunitions instructor, and we would run simu- uh, we would run Simunitions training both at the department level and at the academy level, usually with in-service with more experienced officers, but also with cadets and things like that. And that was where that and that inoculation against the stress comes in because uh, it, was it possible to run through all the scenarios that you could face on the street? No. But what it was possible to do was to, to elevate your stress levels, both physically, you know, because uh, stress... Stress is stress is mental, with a physical reaction, right? Okay, I'm under stress. What 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 puts me in that stressful environment is what my head says is going on, and I'm losing control of it. What it does to me is then it makes all these these physical manifestations of that stress. And um, and trust me, if you're a PhD about stuff like stress and the physics of this stuff or a doctor and stuff, please don't call the show and correct me about all that stuff because I'm not. And what I'm trying to do is sort of explain the concept. Okay, and um, by being inoculated or being th- running through all of these scenarios as many as you possibly can, both shoot and no shoot. That's one of the big things. That's one of the big things when you're a scenario instructor is that the majority of your scenarios should be no shoots, meaning that I come into a situation, um, unknown situation that might be a shoot situation. It might not be a sh- might be a no shoot situation. I run through the script and I do what I'm supposed to do and I do it right. And I don't end up shooting anybody. 
I'm conditioning myself that that's a possible outcome. That's the most likely outcome. In my 11 years in law enforcement, that was the outcome every time for me on the street. I have not, I have, I've never been involved in uh, a police use of force, deadly force. Never been involved in one. That does not mean that I have not had my gun out and pointed it at a lot of people and a lot of armed people. Okay, and it always worked out because I didn't lose it. There's enough people there that are losing it. You should not be the one who is. In any of those scenarios when you were teaching, did you teach people to tackle the device that was designed to, you know, to well, put the, you under stress? At the higher level stuff, when you start to work into what I call the, and it's a special folder of training, I call it the Skynet folder, where you start to deal with the potential that, that Cyberdyne has actually um, begun, to, in, begun to manufacture Terminators because <laughs> Skynet has taken over. Then you have to really learn you, a lot of the alternate for stuff. For those because, of you who don't know, uh, Tim Oliver had this, uh, this uh, robot device. It was a shoot, don't shoot, and it moved at, at great speed, and it rotated, and, and it was really a, a challenge. I shot, uh, I shot it uh, uh, once, and I had great fun, and it was... Uh, 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 Scott Van Kirk's turn to do it, and uh, at some point he just gave up and tackled the machine. Well, the the actual story in regards to that, back when I was much closer to my my peak ability and performance in a lot of these areas and stuff like that, I, um, you know, one of my things, one of my big skills that I was really really good at, and it was from years of, of uh, busting warrants and things like that, and being on a tactical team and stuff like that, is I was ridiculously fast at shooting on the move, meaning that I could move ridiculously fast and still put rounds on target, um, to the point where uh, I was moving as fast as as Megan would at a jog, and I'm still putting rounds on target, maybe even a little faster. And um, we took the, the, at that point, it was the first iteration of that target system that Tim had. And I just said, send it down range in a straight line and get it going as fast as it, it will go. And so I'm, you know, I'm cruising behind it, engaging target, engaging target, engaging <laughs> target. And it's just cruising, it's just cruising, it's in cruising it. And the guy who's working the remote controls, and I'm hitting everything. And it's just, doing, it's going great. I'm popping reloads, and I'm just, you know, I'm running behind this thing, just, just engaging it. And it was really just a fun drill, and it was all done safely and everything else like that. Right up until the operator of the machine stopped it. And I was at a good <laughs> clip. I was at a good clip, and I wasn't more than three or four steps behind it and i could not stop um i was shooting a glock 26 at the time a little little tiny glock nine millimeter and uh so i can't stop this thing has stopped here we are and um i've got a live gun in my hand and i'm i know i'm going down okay so i had and we actually have a camera now so i actually just i i should i jetted the gun out as far as ahead of me as possible still keeping it down range finger off the trigger and stuff like that and i just flew through the target <laughs> snapping it in half and landing on the other side kind of in a, a modified roll where you land on the push-up muscle and um there i am laying on the ground still pointed down range and safe yeah yep. so no, that was and if they're uh they're actually um May or may not exist uh, video footage of that mm -hmm. entire event. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so, at, least, at least one person at this table's probably seen it. Can confirm. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, speaking of uh, uh, pistols, uh, you brought one in that you brought in before. Mm 
mm-hmm. and you brought it in because you were trying to seduce Scott Van Kirk into buying it, I think. Uh, a little bit. A little we bit. Talk, we talked about it so what, Scott, Monday. We did talk about it on yeah. Monday. So Scott has it in his grubby little paws. Look for springs to be flying all over the place. It's going to be disassembled una momento. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. just the... All right, look at that. What are we looking at? We need a director here to work cameras and stuff. No kidding. We'll go to, go to camera two. Camera two, check. All right. Uh, this is the Glock. What, what number? 44. 44, which means that it is a 44 Magnum. No. <laughs> oh, boy. No, God. it's... If no, only their no. numbering would make that much sense. No, it's a 22, which is yep. half of 44, so that's why they call it a Model hey. 44. That's what I'm calling it. I like that. Um, these came out end of last year? First part of this year. Um, first part of this year. First so part of this year. Official release date, I think, was the twentieth of January. Okay. Okay. I'm going to believe you because you would know. So this is the uh, the Glock 44, which is actually a 22 long rifle. Okay. Yeah. Now, w- remembering when this came out, there yeah. was all of these people were like, "Oh, who needs a Glock 22? Who needs a Glock 22?" And that's exactly the voice that they they wrote it in on the internet, right? That, that's the voice that I used. <laughs> okay, who needs a Glock 22? Who needs a Glock 22? <laughs> I took a much different tact with this one when I saw it come out. And made sense of it. Yeah. Of course, I make, I make sense of everything. Yeah, yeah. All right. Even if I'm BSing you. So, but I'm Vanity, not. thy name is Van Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, you know. All right. There's those, hey, there's those of us who think we're good and those of us that know we're good. All right. So here we go. The Glock, what I liked about this gun or this firearm is that it is a true analog to a Glock 19, yep. okay? The Glock 19 is the most popular model Glock in production, also in sale, and the one of, if anyone was carrying a Glock for uh, personal protection reasons, you're probably carrying a Glock 19. And she raises her hand. Yep, present and accounted for. Present and accounted for. So if Glock builds a 22 long rifle that is the exact same size as your Glock 19, what do we now have? We have a training analog. We have a firearm where you can go out and you can you can shoot and practice. You can practice your draw strokes because mm-hmm. this fits in your Glock 19 yep. holster, right? This fits in your Glock 19 magazine pouches and, and everything else like that related to it. So now you are in a situation where you can practice on the cheap, okay? Because granted, 9mm ammunition has come down significantly but it's not as 22 is just cheap cheap it's it's cheap cheap right now i haven't had a chance to shoot one of these so i don't know how um finicky they are on ammunition i haven't seen a whole lot okay as of yet in that regard my suggestion was that you go with a quality 22 ammunition anyway like a cci mini mag or um just not remington thunderbolt no just not your cheap stuff you buy in the bulky bucket at walmart um the I'd go CCI Mini Mag. I would probably go, um, who makes Auto Match? Federal. Federal Auto Match. Federal Auto Match is actually my favorite. Mm -hmm. I like it a little bit more than CCI Mini Mag. And it should function flawlessly. Now, there's a little bit of difference in weight. Yes. Between this and an actual 19. Um, Is it an issue? Yes and no. For me, um, the easiest way to address it, and this sounds weird as heck, um, but it'll probably immediately put uh, Gary in mind of like uh, um, an Olivia Newton-John workout video or something like that. But um, <laughs> what the hell is if you're concerned about the weight? No, stay with me. Stay with me. It's a good story. If you're concerned with the weight, get yourself a wrist weight. Okay, and add it to your firing hand so that you closely approximate what the gun. 
would mm-hmm. weigh in your hand. That way, when you go for the draw, you're still drawing a firearm. You're still drawing a firearm with the same weight and a lot of the same physical characteristics, and you're not, you know, because there's, I mean, if you carry a fire, if, if this were heavier than a 19, you would actually be faster with the 19, but because mm-hmm. this is lighter, you're going to be a little slower with your real gun. So what I would do is I would just add a wrist weight. It's a real simple solution, yeah. and what it does is it balances out that weight. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Well, I'm really old, so weird well. things. You think about weird oh, things. Oh, you're not kidding. All right. <laughs> that age is written all over your That's face. Right. See, that wrist weights, ankle weights, dance leotards, your age, Olivia Newton-John. Boom. There we go. That's how we got that link. Yeah, he's he's off the air now. He's through. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Now. You're listening to Carry On Guns. Respond to some Facebook posts and a couple of other firearms from Black Rifle. In Boonville, I'm Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Megan from Black Rifle in Boonville, as usual, bringing in some terrific firearms. Scott Van Kirk, uh, sometime guest host, a firearms trainer, a former law enforcement. All-around great guy. Bingo. All-around guy that Thanks, greats. Thanks, Meg. All-around gotcha. around, all around guy that greats. <laughs> um, is uh, holding a, a rifle in his hands, and we've got it on camera. If you're at Facebook, Gary on Guns, uh, you get a good view of this. And... It, Hold on. There we go. Now we got it. Is this better? Yeah, well, no, it's not better because I can see your face more clearly. Here, let me get out of the shot. Yes, if you got a car. Yeah, we so need someone on on camera here. We need a director. All right, so, end scene. Okay. Bingo. What am I looking at, Meg? That would be a Ruger American Rimfire. Okay. So, it's a heavy barrel twenty two that actually uses 1022 mags. Oh, okay. I saw the 1022 uh-huh. mag thing, which was kind of cool. Is this uh, threaded? It sure is. Let's see if we can get that on camera. See that right there? And whip that baby see, out. See, and the big thing being, so we've got this beauty. It's actually a really pretty gun. I know. I partially got it because I kind of want one. Um, I kind of want one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be broke if I worked there. I, I couldn't um, know. It's a struggle. I don't know how yeah. you pay your rent. <laughs> Very carefully. Um, so... We've got that priced at 450 and if you buy that, I actually have some 22 suppressors that we're kind of doing as a package deal Ooh. that will save you 180 bucks. So instead of spending 380 on a 22 can, it'll only be 200 bucks additionally. Oh wow, that's a heck of a deal. That is a heck of a deal. Um, so this reminds me a lot of an old M77 uh-huh. Mark II that I have because uh, it looks just like a baby version of that. Uh-huh. I have the um, I have the M77 Mark II from about 1990-something, 97 maybe, um, that has the laminate wood stock, which is what we're looking at here, which is some of, in my opinion, I'm not a, I'm not a wood stock guy. I'm very practical. Um, I tend to go, you know, I'm I'm all about the the synthetic materials oh, yeah. used to make my firearms and stuff like that because because most of my firearms throughout my life have been working guns and they they uh, they needed to be really sturdy really hardy and I needed to not care if they got scratched and things like that but I've always had this soft spot for laminate wood laminate mm-hmm. and Ruger does wood laminate the best very very well yeah, yeah. they do it the best in my opinion uh, this has all of the appearances of being just a tack driver we are talking we're looking at a we're looking at a uh, a bull barrel. Not that I think you need a lot of uh, heat dissipation in a twenty two, but it's still pretty cool. It adds some nice weight to it, so it lets you have nice hold, uh, steady hold. It's got the uh, Ruger uh, Ruger Integral uh, scope base. See right here. 
which just um, actually screws into the receiver mm-hmm. itself. Um, really smooth action. Yep. This is not your... Surprisingly. Like, this is not your Sears and Roebuck, you know, 22 <laughs> clunky <laughs> from, you know, 1956. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. But this is really pretty high quality, and I like the price. I like the price a lot, and I really... Really like the option that you get that you guys are doing that can special mm-hmm. or suppressor special. Um, and what am I looking at here trigger wise? So that is the same trigger that they run on their American series. Um, it's similar in style and feel to the Savage Accu Trigger. Okay, okay. I'm familiar with the Savage yeah. Accu Trigger, sure. And I think that you actually showed me the Ruger that you're talking about, the Ruger American series, mm-hmm. in um, four, three, what you show that to me in some weird caliber that you were um, looking at before deer season? One of the new AR calibers. I was going to get one in uh, 762 by 39, but they have them in 350 Legend. Okay. That's, that's probably what we That's what you showed at. me, I think, yep. stuff like that. Um, yeah, so this is really a lot of, uh, you know what, this... Man, this is uh huh. This this is a the, you know ching. This is I <laughs> did you hear say. that cash register ring? To be honest with you, it's, I, I I I would almost virtually guarantee you that it's a tack driver right out of the box. Um, there are no sights, iron sights per se. I can't tell you. I put a little hollow sun mini red, red dot on. Yeah, it. red dot. Oh yeah. Oh, it's perfect. Huh? I was thinking something more on the four X range myself, like a little eh. scope. But you know, the I um, have good eyes. Yeah, no, your eyes yeah. are younger than mine are. <laughs> but this is really kind of a neat little gun. Yeah, and then the addition of a suppressor. Now you can shoot varmints. Bingo. Now Bingo. will that be at Black Rifle uh, later today? Yes, yeah. it will. Is it the only one? It is the only one right now. But unless, good thing being, unless Scott adopts it before yes. you, yes, you could know he could shoot with this golfers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a message. I got a message from a friend of mine, and we'll see if you guys can help. One of us uh, sent you a message. Said uh, <laughs> my dad, a Democrat, wants a shotgun for home defense. Finally, acknowledging my grandfather's super old shotgun with one fifty-year-old shell, probably not the best plan. Any suggestions where and what to buy him? It's his birthday this weekend. Oh. Shotgun for self-defense. We'll find out what they say. Next, Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. I'm pleased to tell you that Black Rifle sent us Megan. I'm yep. sad to tell us that Cheryl sent us Scott Van Kirk. <laughs> she gets sick of looking at me after a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we've got another firearm that we want to go through, but I, I'd gotten a message uh, from a friend of mine on Friday. I feel guilty I said I would respond to her um, after the show, and I, I forgot. She said, uh, my dad... By the way, she points out parenthetically, a Democrat wants a shotgun for home defense, finally acknowledging my grandfather's super old shotgun with one fifty-year-old shell is probably not the best plan. Any suggestions where and what to buy him? It's his birthday this weekend. So, let me uh, start with Mr. Van Kirk. Well, um, you sort of led us into the break or told us about this one over the break and stuff like that. If we're going to go shotgun um, and everything that your friend, you know, what what was included in that message and stuff like that is this is not a person who's going to invest a bunch of time into training. Okay, so we're going to try and keep it simple. Um, 
I would recommend a pump action shotgun, something in the 870 variety. It doesn't have to be an 870. There's plenty of other companies that are fairly reputable or actually very reputable that make sort of an 870 clone if you can get it a little cheaper. And 12 or 20 gauge is where I would go with it. Um, either one doesn't seem to make much difference. And I guess um, potentially. I might look just to, I mean, I would probably be at a standard magazine capacity, mm-hmm. but I would maybe look at some of those uh, shorty shorty rounds. Oh, we yeah. have those. Yeah, I'd look at those yeah. little, there's a 12-gauge round that is actually half the length of a regular standard two and three-quarter inch shotgun, or, uh, shotgun shell, mm-hmm. so you can get twice as many in there, okay? And we're talking about home defense, um, you're talking about home defense uh, ranges, I would probably... Go the cheaper route, dependability-wise, on the of the 870 clones, mm-hmm. which Megan can speak to a little bit more than I can in regards to which one of the better quality 870 clones are out there. And I would probably sink a little bit of money into a flashlight for it, is what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Can they uh, be accommodated at uh, Black Rifle? Yes. What a coincidence. Yeah. Now, when I uh, said shotgun, you, one of the first things you asked me is, is he committed to a shotgun as though you thought perhaps that isn't the best alternative and you had some other ideas in mind? Well, I mean, shotguns for home defense, everyone, you know, uh, operates under a number of illusions as it relates to shotguns. One is that the, at the ranges that you're, you're talking about interior, you're going to get these giant spreads, which are not. Because um, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to recommend that he go with a shot shell versus a slug mm-hmm. for home defense. Um, that's one of the things. Uh, one of the other things is uh, uh, I, can, I can find actual people that I know involved in, in shotgun uses, uh, mainly on the law enforcement side, that whole racking the slide thing. Mm-hmm. Um, committed criminals really just don't care about that. All that does is let them know that you're there and that you have a shotgun which now I know what to do if I have a firearm. They choose to really kind of go with what they've got. So uh, it doesn't intimidate the bad guys, huh? No. Not real bad guys. Not bad guys yeah. you need to, not the bad guys you need to worry about. Yeah. No, not at all. Um Gary, you gotta understand that there's a there's a certain element of the of of criminal actors, okay, who aren't intimidated by firearms. Okay. The the ones I put into, you know, like I said I work narcotics for th- for 3 years and the number of times that we would take somebody off who had a lengthy criminal sheet meaning that they weren't in prison but boy they've been arrested for a lot of felonies maybe they have been in f- in prison okay when you pointed a gun at them they could care less they could care less wow they didn't they're they're um they're you talked about that stress inoculation and things like that they had been inoculated they had had so many guns pointed at them some of them had been shot before i think uh, it's they couldn't care less right they couldn't care less excuse yeah. me but yeah they, they they did not didn't phase them a bit so and so racking the shotgun is same thing. not going to intimidate not, a really bad guy maybe the teenager who's breaking into your house mm-hmm. yeah but i mean it really realistically the teenager breaking into your house is is uh, one could argue whether uh even if that is a situation where you can you shouldn't necessarily should mean that you can make it. It may be a, a ballistic self-defense usage from a legal standpoint. The can, but doesn't necessarily mean it's a should. Okay. All right. So outside the realm of the shotgun, 
Well, it, well, we talked about, um, first off, we said pump, not semi-auto. Mm-hmm. Correct. And the reason is is that I get the distinct impression that your friend's father is not going to put the time in to learn how to work a semi-automatic shotgun. Because, boy, if you're going to use seriously use a semi-automatic shotgun for what work mm-hmm. for or for self, for self defense personal protection you need to know how to clear the malfunction on a semi automatic shotgun um, and then there's a and I didn't pull up the article but there's another there's a guy in the community uh, more at the national level who is an advocate for older people he advocates that a, a serious consideration for a self defense firearm in the home home defense firearm for older folks and I think probably older than the gentleman we're talking about is the Ruger 1022 with a large magazine, a large, larger capacity magazine than standard. Because it has low recoil, it's a light firearm to manipulate. Uh, you add a little flashlight to it. I think he, I don't even know if he mentioned, may or may not add like a red dot to it. Because one of the big things about red dot or holographic sights that easy allow... Easy pickup. Easy pickup and also for people whose eyes have started to go a bit. Um, and I will try and find that article. And if I do, I'll put it up on the page so everybody can see it. But that's one of those alternatives. Remember, we got to kind of get outside the mm-hmm. box. Yeah. It's not all, you know, it's not all 45 death rates. Okay, um, and uh, we have to really look at people's personal protection, where they are, and what they're doing. The person you're talking about is probably, if we can get him to the range once or twice with this gun, we're probably doing pretty well. Okay, that does not mean that he he advocates his ability, even being a Democrat, advocates his ability and God given right to self defense. Um, but you have to look. <laughs> you have to look at. That's a joke, folks. <laughs> you you have to look at what the person is willing to invest in the whole mm-hmm. thing. It's not every not everybody is going to invest the the level of commitment to this as you know. Some people it's a lifestyle. Some people it's a hobby. Some people it's just a fire extinguisher. Okay, so. Your your bottom line is if it's a shotgun, it should be a pump shotgun. Mm-hmm. Shortest barrel legal, eighteen eighteen inch barrel, and, and uh, twelve or twenty gauge. And uh, the shorty rounds, right? Uh, so they can hold twice as many, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would prefer you stay away from the shotgun and go with the Ruger. No, I'm not saying I prefer that. I'm just saying that that's a that's a that's an a, alternative. That's a mm-hmm. school of thought, and uh, generally is a school of thought for people probably a little bit older than this gentleman. Because I thought you indicated this guy was about your age. Yeah, young guy in the prime. Right, he's not in, he's not actually in a nursing home yet because they wouldn't let him have a gun, so he's still at home. And <laughs> but um, and also, um, I don't know if your friend is local. Yes, um, but certainly if your friend decides on one that he is comfortable with, um, have your friend hit me up and I'll take him to the range. At least get him one session in. You and he, Doc. Yeah. Get get some rooster stuff going because uh-huh. um, Doc is. Unreal with a shotgun too. Is he? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'll just—I mean, I'll just extend that if they, they wanted. He wants to do one quick session where, and mm-hmm. it's not—it's no charge. Right. It's just for free. I right. show him how it works. All right. Forty-four minutes after the hour, we're going to come back and wrap it up because we've got one more firearm from Black Rifle, Boonville. Boonville. Second exit. Middle exit. That one too. <laughs> All exits lead to Black Rifle. You're three nine eagle. Megan is in from Black Rifle in Boonville, and she has brought with her a third firearm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh. Scott Van Kirk with us, a former law enforcement, also a, a firearms trainer, uh, sometime uh, guest host here at Gary on Guns, and he has this in his hands. 
Look at that. Yeah, oh, Megan, yeah. Megan will help you. Here Let you the go. little lady help you. I didn't you. know if that was a rip or not. Oh, of course it is. All right. Well, who knows? All right. So I'm looking at what? The Banshee? Yes. All right. And this is technically a pistol. That is a pistol. Even though it doesn't look like a pistol, it's a pistol because this is a pistol brace. This is my favorite pistol brace. If a guy has a favorite pistol brace, this is my favorite one. Yeah. Now, can you can you shoulder that now? Is it now legal to shoulder that? Is it legal again? I'm not going to do it on camera. There is no law that dictates whether you can shoulder it or not. There the, you go. Oh, so you could be the guinea pig. Go ahead. The most recent um, well, it keeps changing. opinion. Because yeah. everything that comes out is just an opinion. Yeah. There, There is no official ruling across the board. It's an opinion. I remember um, one year I was going to demonstrate how... It is considered illegal to do it, and then somebody said, "Well, if you demonstrate it, yeah. uh, uh, and we take a picture, Isn't it illegal." Yeah, I mean, yeah. there have been politicians that have hacked ARs to SBR lengths, right, to destroy them. Well, and yeah, and you also so. had, yes, had uh, politicians who are appearing on national news programs on Sunday morning from Washington D.C. with a prohibited magazine. Yeah, yeah. true. All right, uh, so, all right. But yeah, let's go. They, they can't regulate the misuse of an accessory. Right. If I if we get time, I've got an ATF story that fits okay. right in that realm of opinions and stuff. It's an actual first-hand account personal story. All right, so this is the Banshee. Yep, it is, it is the 300 series, so that's going to be um, feature-wise. You're getting shortest possible configuration, ambi features, and Cerakote. I'm backing up so maybe I can see here. Okay. All right, what's the barrel length on this? That is a 5-inch. Five 5-inch, five and it's uh, I see that it's threaded it for a suppressor. It is threaded, okay. threaded half by 28, and it's got this oogly-boogly long mag there, right? It does. These are the coolest thing ever. So, magwell, a <laughs> little tight on that one because of the Cerakote. Uh-huh, that's fine. But, the cool thing being, you notice it's a standard AR lower. Right. With this new magazine. Mm-hmm. It's a 5.7. I was really pretty excited when that's this came five, seven? That's yes, a 5.7? That's a 5.7. So that is their new conversion magazine. That's so why. you can run a standard Ooh, AR right. lower and run their 5.7 upper and yeah, magazine. Right. Because you came out earlier with the a version of this that takes the FN 5.7 pistol mags. Correct. correct. Right? And that's still available. Yes. That is a, And that's a specific lower for... Um, that's a... That's a that, is only designed for five sevens. Yes. Okay. Yes. This lower could be swapped out with a different upper yep. in a different caliber, and as long as it carries a regular AR-15 style magazine, it fits in this lower. Yep. And I was more excited about this than I was the one that takes five seven magazines. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, because this is really, really, this is what I was waiting for. Because this is a forty round magazine. That's a forty round yeah. magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. look at the glee in his face. Forty yeah. rounds, forty yeah. round magazine. Yeah. And even if you already have a standard AR lower and you want to run that upper that magazine, CMMG is actually selling upper kits, so you get complete upper and also magazines. Very, also very excited. About yeah, that. in both pistol and rifle and yes. and um, you they are doing the upper magazine combinations, um, pistol and rifle in nine mil, twenty two, and five seven. Wow. Wow, yeah. very cool, very cool. So you could actually have a lower and go with all of those conversions yep. and actually have a, you know three different guns. Yeah, exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's no dummy. Yeah, really, really. Is really cool. Yeah. What's the price on this? That one is $12.99. Ooh, $12.99. That's not a bad that's price bad either. At all. That's a steal. Yeah, that is nice. That is nice, nice. And, and if, if, you, if you like the one that takes the FN pistol magazines, we do have one of those in stock sure. as well. And that makes sense for some folks. Um, if that already you want, have it. Yeah, if you already have it and you want to keep that uh, magazine compatibility, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, 
I do run an FN 5.7 pistol. I have zero interest in the one that takes the FN 5.7 pistol. Well, yeah, because that one, com- this one comes with 40 rounds. This has got 40 rounds in it. It's 40 <laughs> rounds. If you guys want to invent a pistol magazine that holds 40 rounds, then yes, we'll talk. But no, this holds 40 rounds. Yeah. I'm digging this a lot. This is really a lot of fun. Yeah. Is this, now, is the one that's sitting uh, on our console here in Scott Van Kirk's hands... Grubby little hands, yeah. Yes, his grubby little paws. <laughs> uh, is this the only one you guys have in stock? It is. Yeah. So, We've had this back ordered for about six weeks. I was going to say, they, they're, um, a lot of this line, is I, is I, and this is not knowing anything about the business of CMMG or Black Rifle, it just appears that this is a, this is, these are popular enough line for CMMG that it's a trickle trying to get them out of there. Yeah, CMMG Every- has so many orders on these and 9 mils right now that they are running overtime. And yep. one of the guys that I have at the store today um, is actually a CMMG employee that does test fire. So he can attest to how many of these that they are pumping out. CMMG engineers some of the finest AR-15s. They are. They are. That AK, the, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, uh, MK. The Mark 47. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark 47. Fabulous innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this is a, another one. I mean, they, they just keep coming up with it, and they're engineering. There's a lot of cool stuff that they're doing. Amazing. Well, I, I will be honest with you. They have done um, the MK-47. Certainly brought 7.62 by 39 back into the mm-hmm. realm because uh, it started to fade. If you weren't an AK person, you really didn't do much with 7.62 by 39. That really bumped up 7.62 by 39, which is great because that ammo was still pretty damn darn cheap um, for a rifle round. And I credit CMMG for breathing new life into 5.7. Yep. Okay, because prior to this, we had the five point seven, the five seven pistol from FN, the bullpup. and we had the PS ninety. That's it. That's all you could. Yeah. You had those really crappy upper five sevens. That funny enough, CMMG actually tried those yeah. when that was popular and realized how terrible it was. Well, they're horrible, and that's why it yeah. that got scrapped immediately. Yeah. They're just horrible. And then CMMG um, first produced the five seven in the various length banshee and the other ones that would take the 57 pistol mag okay and now this innovation but i t- i i credit them with the fact that ruger now has a 57 pistol coming out mm-hmm. um of which I, I haven't seen one yet have you nope okay i've seen the magazines oh okay. well that's good well good stock up on those <laughs> And then um, I, th- I think I, s- I haven't seen one in person because I don't know where they're at with their production model. And I also don't know anything about the quality, but D- Diamondback is doing mm-hmm. a 5.7 pistol. Yeah, now. I've yet to see one of those as yeah. well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's there's sort of a resurgence in 5.7, which in my opinion is going to lead to more 5.7 ammo, which is going to yep. be a little bit cheaper. And I've heard, and I think Ruger was touting this, that the introduction of their pistol allowing people another option in that caliber is going to bring some more interesting rounds out. Mm-hmm. Some more personal protection rounds. Well, they, the five seven is a pretty interesting round uh-huh. in and of itself, yeah. and it's a terrific self defense. Well, especially if you're in, uh, you know, you you fire some guns, uh, some uh, firearms, and the round goes through the drywall at the other side, across the to the next room. You never know where mm-hmm. uh, that five seven round. Mm-hmm. Well, I, different. and, and you, we were talking earlier about your friend's dad um, looking for a shotgun and stuff. That that uh, the the vibe I get from from uh, from that is that we're talking about a person who's not interested in this being a lifestyle and investing a lot of training and stuff like that and certainly not a lot of money if they were as you get a little bit older i'd take a serious look at five seven yeah five, this, seven, yeah. this five, would seven, be a terrific yeah. home defense weapon oh absolutely yeah. and it's and at that price break 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Twelve hundred bucks. Well, it negates a number of the issues. It no longer is a. Um, it's not a long gun, so you don't have all the issues with swinging trying to, it around, and swinging hitting it door around, frame. hitting door frames, and everything else like that. It has virtually no recoil. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, this gun has no recoil. It doesn't. No. Got a rail? You can put a you put a light on, put a little red dot on there, whatever you want to do. If you're so inclined, you can get a suppressor for it, and then it's quiet personal protection. Yes. Hush, hush. Hush, hush. Don't wake the neighbors. Uh, we can even get the uh, Bowers Biddy suppressors. That's only about. Mm, two and a half inches long. Makes wow, it up that much longer. Yeah, that yeah. makes a terrific self-defense weapon. Uh-huh. They're hard to come by. Incredibly popular. That's why they're hard. Brilliantly to come by, engineered, yeah. mm-hmm. and there is one, and it'll be at Black Rifle about a half an hour from yep. now. All right, Black Rifle, Megan. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Gary. Scott Van Kirk, buddy. Glad to see you. Thanks for having me, Gary. I appreciate it. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your life. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem and Gwen, baby, honey, I love you.